0: Hello, friends. I hope this finds you well, but of course we know it does not. At best, it finds you as well as it possibly can, considering we are all stuck inside for the foreseeable future. We're stuck teaching and entertaining our kids 24-7, or we are just, I don't know if this is worse or just different, we're stuck in our heads. All this after a devastating tornado the city has barely had a minute to wrap its head around. 2020 has proven to be wild, In many ways, it feels like the last 20 minutes of an action thriller. Every day is a cliffhanger. Every day is stressful. I'm thinking of you. I'm especially thinking of all of our musician friends and those in hospitality and any other job that's taken a severe hit because of this thing. You're in my heart. In a lot of ways, I'm in a similar boat right now. We're all just wondering and waiting, waiting for what comes next. Well... What comes next in the immediate term is this episode of Nashville Demystified. This is Nashville Demystified. I'm your host, Alex Steed. Nashville Demystified is a show in which I get to know this city better. This is the second of our three episode arc about the 98 tornadoes. After this, we will return to Music City Tales of the 1980s, I promise. We're covering the tornado for obvious reasons. Last week, we talked about casualties. Next week, we will cover the aftermath today. We're going to talk about the tornadoes themselves. Nashville Demystified is brought to you by Knack Factory, a commercial content production company with offices in Nashville. It's distributed by We Own This Town, a network of podcasts produced by Nashvillians. If you don't mind, subscribe to our show where you find your podcasts. Rate, if that's a thing that you do. Write a review. That would be nice. Tell people that you listen and that uh, they should listen too. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Hey, also, I wanted to update you on last week's episode. Last week, as I said, we covered the casualties of the 98 Nashville Tornadoes. The tornadoes of 1998 are known to have taken one life, uh, that belonging to Vanderbilt senior Kevin Longinati, who died three weeks after a tree landed on him in Centennial Park. We also talked about Tom Coletta, who'd been struck by a tree as well, this time in East Nashville. Coletta was a transient originally from California. He was described by many around him as absolutely lovely. uh, And he was a person who came to the city with an apartment and a guitar and a girlfriend and just fell on some hard times. And there is only one news story that profiled Coletta in his recovery. And when we found him then, it was May of 1998, six weeks after the tornado, uh, we found him in that article, a Tennessean piece, in serious condition, and that's just the last we hear from him in the press. And I had a nagging suspicion, even though I could not find an obituary or find mention of his name elsewhere, I had a nagging suspicion that he was also a casualty of the tornado, and we just had no confirmation So I reached out to his sister, Christy. Tom's sister, if you listened to last week's episode, you'll remember she would send Tom tapes, like cassette tapes, when he was in the hospital, Uh, and friends of Tom's and staff would put the headphones over his ears, and he could listen to the tapes. He was nonverbal because of his accident up to this point. The tapes would contain memories uh, from Christy and Tom growing up, songs and prayers, uh, it was lovely. It just sort of painted an interesting and wonderful picture of this sister who clearly cared for her brother. And it gave a sense of who he was. Uh, I reached out to Christie and she got back to me today and it turns out interestingly. Yes. Tom is the second casualty of the 1998 tornado. There were two in a message. She said, Tom was a beautiful soul that touched a lot of hearts in his own way. He survived the tornado after being in the hospital for weeks. We flew him home to California to recover and to get his life together. He lived with us for a year. The year he lived here was so special for us and my family. He was a gifted guitarist, and music filled our house. Then Tom went back to Nashville to reconnect with his friends. After a few months there, he passed away from complications from the injuries of the tornado. He had a collapsed lung, and in the other lung, he had emphysema. His heart finally gave out. We had him cremated and his ashes are scattered in the ocean near where my mother's ashes were scattered. And there you go. Alongside Kevin Longinati, Tom Coletta, a gifted guitarist from California, was the second casualty of the 1998 Nashville tornadoes. Forgotten in part because he lived on the streets. So let's go back to... April 16th, 1998. Pol Pot had died the day before. And so that was a global news story that was showing up in all of the newspapers on that morning of the 16th. Also, the day before two Nashville men were killed in a shooting that took place at Sin's Home Cooked Meals. In South Nashville, a mother was attending a church when her teenage son crawled inside to find her. He'd been stunned by having his head grazed by a stray bullet. Elsewhere in the country around this time, I made a girl a mixtape featuring Casey and JoJo's song "All My Life," which, if that's not striking a chord, we're just not we're just not like kind, you and I. <laughs> Go revisit it right now. The song had come out a few months earlier, but it was number one on the Billboard charts for the first three weeks of the month of April, um, and it started to wane in its popularity right around the 16th. It had displaced Will Smith's getting jiggy wit it, <laughs> wit, W-I-T, which had spent the previous three weeks on the top of the charts. The movie City of Angels had just hit theaters. It's a love story in which an angel falls in love with a human being and then has to make a tough decision, uh, as had been The Odd Couple too in My Giant, a poorly received movie in which Billy Crystal befriends a very tall man anyway. These are all the things that were being read and thought about and consumed uh, in Nashville when the city got hit by two tornadoes. You should know that 1998 was a crazy year for tornadoes in the United States. It was a record season, surpassed only 13 years later in 2011. This was the end of the El Nino weather event. Um, I don't know if you remember El Nino. Uh, You have to be, again, of a particular age, but... It was a weather pattern that came, uh, it comes around in and out, but in the 90s it was <laughs> spoken of on television on a regular basis. Um, it was parodied in one way or another by SNL and portrayed by Chris Farley, who played uh, a wrestler named El Nino. I am El Nino. All other tropical storms must bow before El Nino. <laughs> Yo soy el niño. For those of you who don't habla espanol, el niño is Spanish for the niño. (laughs) It really affected the weather overall. It was this band of warm ocean water that affected air pressure and caused some storms and intensified others. There were wild multi-day outbreaks of tornadoes, That took place every month from February to June. This was at the tail end of the El Nino pattern. In April of that year, there were two outbreaks, one from the 6th through the 9th, an F5 tornado that tore through the suburbs of Birmingham, killed 32 people during that outbreak. And then a cluster in April 15th and 16th, a two-day outbreak that took place over Mississippi and Tennessee. The worst of the outbreak took place the second day with 13 tornadoes sweeping through Middle Tennessee. Two of those tornadoes landed in Nashville. So these tornadoes that landed followed moderately similar paths to the ones we just saw, although the ones that we saw earlier in March cut through North Nashville and then landed in East Nashville, tearing through five points as we know the ones that we see in 1998, uh, started in the Southwest and then came up through downtown and then went into East Nashville again, going to five points. This is a common denominator with tornadoes that land in Nashville. They seem to all land in five points. One in the thirties did as well. The tornado that came in 1998 was rated F3, which is, considered severe, and it's capable of producing wind speeds between about 160 and 205 miles per hour. Tornadoes of this intensity can tear up walls and tear roofs off well-constructed homes. It can fully uproot a forest, and that's actually much of the 98 tornado's legacy. It tore down or destroyed over 20,000 trees One of these trees came down on Kevin Longinati in Centennial Park, causing injuries that he would succumb to three weeks later. Another would come down on Tom Coletta, who we talked about earlier in this episode, and in last week's episode, over in East Nashville. For reference, here's a quick preview of the path. The tornado touched down at 3.30. Another tornado, which is super rare, followed at 5.15. This was a terrifying prospect considering the first event created significant traffic blockages and total traffic shutdowns for people trying to go home trying to leave downtown and just get out it rendered a lot of folks stuck in their cars when the second one came although uh, fortunately it did not come back into downtown and i tend not to use this word lightly but it feels truly like a miracle that the storm just didn't take more lives it's tricky to get a sense of which storms created which sets of damage. So we're going to speak of them interchangeably for the sake of this podcast. So according to the Tennessean, the path started in West Nashville near West Mead, then followed along Interstate 40 in Charlotte to the capital area. Then it traveled into downtown Nashville and across the Cumberland into East Nashville. And so this is where it gets tricky separating the two tornadoes because In some accounts, it says that the first tornado crossed back over the Cumberland, over to Donaldson, and then into the Hermitage areas, and then some just identify this as the second touchdown. When it was all said and done, 75,000 homes and businesses, including Nashville Electric Service, were in the dark after losing power. It was up to a week, sometimes two, depending on the area, until people had power again, which, for many listening, might sound very familiar. There are news videos that show the storm coming in, and there is eyewitness testimony that says the appearance of the tornado wasn't an archetypal funnel twister. Liza Graves, CEO of Style Blueprint, experienced it and said it was almost a mile wide and looked like a wall of dark clouds from ground to sky coming straight at you. Yes, the video that I've seen in the news of this thing moving above the city is terrifying. It just looks like a big gray monster going through the city, and then... Uh, you see sometimes various electric pops from where it's shorting things out, and it, it's terrifying. There's no no other word for it. It touched down near Charlotte Pike and 46th Avenue, and it worked its way east. On its way downtown, it hit Centennial Park, which is where we touched on last week. It felled a number of trees, one of which would land on Vanderbilt senior Kevin Longanati, who would pass away from his wounds three weeks later. My friend Toby was close to the park at the time. He was working. He looked out the window and saw clouds begin to rotate, debris started to fly around, and one of his coworkers and him took cover in the basement. When the storm had passed, it took Toby an hour just to get to his house, which is typically only five minutes away as every route was blocked by one of the 20,000 maimed or fell trees. Right around the corner, the tornado hit the Grace M. Eaton daycare, which was then on Pearl Street in West Nashville. It was on a hill, And so the daycare had 120 kids inside along with all of their teachers. It was, I just can't imagine this. The staff watched outside as the wall of clouds came towards the building and then it felled trees on the playground and windows started to shatter and the daycare staff, they just all huddled their tiny students together and kept them out of harm's way, which was imperative when the storm just tore the roof off the facility. In hearing the alarm triggered by the damage, doctors from the Columbia Centennial Medical Center, which is now TriStar Centennial, uh, which had also been hit very hard, rushed in from across the street to help the kids out, undoubtedly expecting the worst. And again, miraculously, everyone was fine. Looking back on the event a year later, five-year-old Krishan Jones would say of that day, it made me real sad. I cried because I wanted my mama, which, ugh. Just, quote, kills me. He would have been four at the time, and it's just unsettling to think about. And teachers would later report that the kids who were there that day would get an eerie still sense whenever they'd see dark clouds in the window in the year that followed. On its way to the Capitol now, the storm knocked down a wall of a Red Cross donation center on Charlotte Avenue. Fortunately, the last donor had gotten out of their chair five minutes earlier. And then the storm moved forward towards the Capitol. There's actually a state flag that was flying over the Capitol that day. Uh, It's famous now. You might already know about it. The winds from the tornado, so intense, ripped the center of the flag out, ripped out the entire blue circle and white stars of the Tennessee state flag. It's now framed and on display at the Capitol. The winds were just wild and strong in everything you would imagine tornado winds to be. The Metro courthouse got hit. Employees got stuck in the elevators and felt the sway and heard popping. The building filled with air, and then there was a giant howling sound before it finally went calm, and then there was a final blast. The elevator alarm went off, and someone came to pry them out, and when they left, they saw that all the popping was the glass on the north side of the building, all of which had been blown into the building. I believe there was no glass left on that side of the building. It was just hollowed out. The storm moved towards downtown, blowing out the windows of skyscrapers and office buildings. A building collapsed on First and Broadway. Chunks from the Renaissance connector over church and center were dangling in the street. Liza Graves, who I referenced that day, was in her car driving, and she realized that the storm was on its way. And she had to decide, does she keep driving and get blown around? She described seeing a street sign essentially frisbee through the air. And that's when she decided to turn off into a car dealership and run inside and hide with the staff. The Jimmy Snyder band was playing at Tootsies. The drummer looked out across the street and saw the clouds gather into a funnel. And it touched down. I guess internally, some people did see the funnel when they saw it from the inside of the clouds. And it touched down and ripped at the upper brick in front of the turf near Broadway and fifth. He watched as it tipped off the front of the building and they all hit the floor and bricks from that building just fell off. Like the front of the building fell off and landed in a Miata convertible that was in front. Music kept playing from many of the bars and customers brought out their drinks to watch the rest of the action as it passed. The tornado hit the Union Station clock tower, blowing out the face of the clock and pushing the Mercury statue on top of the hotel sideways, it was 90 degrees, despite being made of a half-inch thick steel. It's just, I don't get it. (laughs) I can't fully wrap my head around the force of storms like this. It then hopped to the Cumberland and it blew past what was then Oilers Stadium, which was well under construction and it toppled three cranes that were sitting in there. It moved on to East Nashville and past the sanctuary of St. Anne's Episcopal, which was over 100 years old and it was leveled. It was essentially just taken down. The Tulip Street Methodist Church in Edgefield also hit. It hit 300 houses throughout East Nashville and either This is where it re-emerged, or where the second tornado materialized, but it crossed the water again, this time landing in Donaldson. And it laid waste to hundreds of trees at the Hermitage, the home of Andrew Jackson, America's most Hitlerian president. And then it moved on to Wilson County. When this was all said and done, as I said at the top, 75,000 houses and businesses, including NES, had lost power. The next day, Metro asked downtown workers just to stay home because of all the downline and fallen debris in the streets. It was just not safe. Not safe to try to get from point A to point B. The storm, by the way, had been less catastrophic with regard to injury and casualties thanks to what was still moderately cutting-edge radar technologies. In advance of the storm, there were many radio advisories regarding the incoming danger. It's easy to forget that Google wouldn't be around in earnest for at least another year. And so people were left to hearing about this stuff on radio and television and wide scale sirens wouldn't become as widespread as they are until a few years later, as we talked about in the last episode, Kevin Longinati's mother, Debbie Slepica advocated for the wider use of them after her son's passing. And those were the 98 tornadoes. And so next week we will discuss the aftermath, both immediate and long-term. We'll talk about what Nashville looked like in the following days. And then in the years that followed the storm, there are many familiar scenes in which neighbors came together to help each other out. And despite a lack of cooperation from weather in the following days, it would be just rainy and crappy for a couple of days after that. Uh, people came out, they came through, they helped each other out. They volunteered. I guess that's the whole thing. (laughs) It looked a lot like we have seen in the past couple weeks here and we'll work to better understand how the response, both short and long-term came to reshape the city. And that's it for this week's episode of Nashville Demystified. I'm your host, Alex Steed. Cameron Davidson makes Nashville Demystified sound good. He is our sound guy. Thank you, Cameron. Follow us on social. Subscribe, like, share, tell the people. Thanks again for listening. We will talk with you next week and take care of yourself. All right.